Good morning. My name is Matthew. I'm one of the pastors here at Desert Springs, and I'm just so happy to be able to help conclude our baggage series. Um, Not only that, but wasn't that a phenomenal story? Oh my gosh. Absolutely amazing, and I would love to um, just thank God for Tim and him being willing to be used by God to share. I know um, a few weeks ago, Cameron also shared his story, and that was such a blessing. And I just want to encourage all of you over the um, next six, 12 months, um, we will continue to um, show multiple folks' stories. And if you would love to share, if you would like to be a part of um, tons of different videos and just give a brief synopsis of what God has done, it can be something very challenging. It can be something very victorious. It doesn't matter, but just something that you know God has done for you in your life. Every single one of us, we all have a story. And so just imagine if that was you up there and how so many people would be transformed. Maybe not everybody, but if there's some of you out there, take a look at the link and you can send us a quick message and we would love to uh, get your story on the camera. Awesome? Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I'm, I know Caleb just prayed, but I'm gonna pray one more time. After I pray, we're gonna jump right into this last series, sermon series, last part of the sermon series on abandonment. What does it mean to be forsaken? And how do we know what to do when we feel like we've been left out and forgotten? God, thank you so much for this opportunity uh, to not only talk to you, not only to pray, but God, I just thank you that everything that we have and everything that we are, as Pastor Caleb just said, at times broken, at times overwhelmed, at times feeling like we just can't move forward. We're so grateful that in you, we can be lifted. In you, we have all that we need. I just pray for every single person that's here that they might hear the truth of your word in Psalm 22. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hopefully you heard in that prayer, I gave you a a couple of snippets of where we're going You can find us in Psalm 22, but before we get there, a massive question that I hope um, all of you will begin to ask as we are navigating Psalm 22 is, when I'm in dark times, what's my go-to? I don't know, I don't know where you are, what you've been through, but, but but I can guess that, that many of you can remember a time when you felt absolutely alone. Maybe it was a loved one that passed away and it, it kind of hit you in the face. It was, it was unexpected. It was shocking. You thought that person would be here for X amount of years and all of a sudden, we say that often, all of a sudden, loss. Maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a house that, that was taken from you and a roof of your head or, or money in the bank, all of a sudden disappearing and being gone. That's a, that's a massive shock. Maybe it was a sick child or someone that was lost, 
literally could not be found. And that just nagged at you. It just, it just weighed you down. Maybe this isn't something many, many, many years ago. Maybe this is right now for you. It's this week. Maybe it's an addiction that, that you've been trying to navigate. You've been, as Tim said, trying to, to, to do things, do things, do things. But in reality, all the things that you're doing, it's not changing nothing. Oftentimes, when we are at our lowest point or when we are in darkness or, or maybe it's just a moment of discouragement often it makes us feel as though God does not care. Y'all can be quiet for a moment, but if, if, if I can open my mouth and, and, and just tell the truth, I often have asked God, what's up, Jesus? <laughs> I've done what you told me to do. I have gone where you told me to go. I know I messed up last week, but let's not talk about that. Jesus, where are you? Like, why are you doing this to me? Why me? Anybody ever been there? Why me? I got a few hands. Big question, big question, big question. What should I know? What should I know when I feel abandoned? When I feel forsaken? When I feel like all is lost? These experiences might have given you an unrelenting sense that God isn't actually there. But the truth of the matter is, while I feel left out, the reality is when I am weak, the reality is when I feel abandoned as a Jesus follower, if I've committed my life to him, I am never alone. I'll say it again. Some of y'all fell asleep. I'll say it again. When I feel left out, when I'm literally alone, forsaken, not like I'm watching Netflix by myself and there's peace and quiet and all the kids are gone and my wife's not home and I got my favorite beverage and my favorite snack, not that alone. I'm talking about when the money is funny, as my dad always says, and the change is strange, and something traumatic, something massive has shifted the atmosphere, the environment that you're in, and it's that, that, that nasty, evil feeling in your stomach, like, does anybody understand what this person is going through? When you feel like throwing in the towel and giving up. These experiences will make you, at some point, ask this question, what should I know? What am I missing as I feel this sense of abandonment? And in Psalm 22, I want to encourage you, and I want to let you know that when you feel alone, it is possible for you to be lifted. It is possible for you to be lifted. Psalm 22 is, is, is huge. It is massive. It's, it's amazing good news. And I'm going to read it really quick. If, if you have your Bibles, that's great. But I'm just going to highlight in a few seconds some parts of Psalm 22, some questions that come out of Psalm 22. But you can just listen 
just for a moment as I read Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer by night, yet I have no rest. But you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted, and you rescued them. They cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you and and were not disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by people. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. He relies on the Lord. But where is this God? Psalm 22 is massive, and it, it begs these questions. If we have to summarize everything that I just read, as, as you can see, these questions is what the psalmist, Psalmist David, this poetic song David writes, this is, this is what he's getting at. Why have you left and abandoned me? Have, have you ever been there? Like why, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Now, here's a person who believes in God's ability to save. And I know that everybody in this room may not believe that God is even capable. I get that, and, and I'm glad that you're here. And I hope that something is said in the next few moments that will push you to start maybe asking some of the tough questions. Why have you left? Number two, why are you so far from saving me? It's kind of like somebody somebody being hurt or harmed and they see their rescue, but it's too far to actually matter where I am right now. Why are you so far from saving me? Why are you so far from my cry? Why are you so far, the psalmist says, from giving me rest? Number five. I hate this one. This is terrible. Can't you see everyone laughing? If anybody knows me, they know that I hate to be embarrassed in front of people. Ooh, I don't like that. I hate to be laughed at. I hate to be mocked. I hate, I hate when I'm struggling and you point out that I'm struggling and you think it's funny. You, you think that's funny? For real? You think that's funny? Who would agree with me? That ain't funny. That's not cool. <laughs> I, I would love to say that, that this psalm is, is strictly about David. I would love to say that David, if you look at his life, sure, he, he, he beat Goliath. Sure, David was King David in the Bible. Sure, David was the, the mighty warrior. But truth be told, we know that David had drama too. <laughs> David was the one that was left out. He was the one that was last picked, literally picked last. David was the one who was chased. He was in danger for his own life. But if we stopped right there, we would be bad students of this text. 
we would be bad students of this passage in Psalm 22. Psalm 22 uh, uh, definitely acknowledges that David had drama, but it uses David's drama and David's perspective on it kind of as an avenue or a freeway, or if I could push it a little more, kind of like a bus or a transit system to carry the real story. And the real story in Psalm 22 is actually pointing centuries and centuries and centuries and a whole bunch more centuries later of this greater David. Oh God, of this greater, of this greater man, of this greater force, of this greater mighty man of God. If I had to push it, this God man. Jesus. This text, it's crazy. It's very prophetic. It's very forth-telling. It's actually saying, look at somebody greater than David who actually can say, my God, my God, why have you left me? Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Why are you so far from my cry? Why are you so far from giving me rest? Why are people mocking? Why are people gambling at my feet? Why are people spitting on me? Why are people abusing me? Why are they falsely accusing me? And the homies that I was expecting to have my back, why are they silent and running away? And then, bigger than all of that, why do I feel like you, God, have forsaken me? After all of that, why do I feel like you've left me out? David is the writer of Psalm 22, and this passage points us to something bigger. What does Psalm 22 teach us? Four things. Real quick, four things. Psalm 22 is going to show us that the Bible is unbelievably realistic. Number two, suffering and abandonment uncovers relationships a real relationship. Number three, Jesus had unparalleled rejection. And number four, the gospel has underestimated resurrection. Number one, the Bible is unbelievably realistic. The Bible isn't trying to sugarcoat suffering and abandonment. The Bible isn't trying to jump around the real issue. The Bible is unbelievably honest. I got I to gotta, I gotta borrow from, from a, a really smart guy who's much smarter than me. His name is Tim Keller, pastor, theologian out of New York, offers a great commentary on darkness, suffering, and feeling abandoned. He's, he's given a commentary from Psalm 88 and Psalm 39, but it's very applicable for Psalm 22. And, and he kind of gives a, a cool talk cool commentary by way of a phenomenal cinematic marvel, The Princess Bride. (laughs) Princess Bride says, life is pain, your highness. Anyone that says different is selling you something. Life is pain. Anybody that says otherwise is selling you something. 
This isn't the, this isn't the exciting point, but I got to give this one. I got to keep it real because Scripture keeps it real. Scripture says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? People are mocking me. People are coming for me. I feel like you don't hear me. I feel like you are far from saving me. You have the ability, God, but you ain't showing up. Why do I feel abandoned? Scripture keeps it real. And if somebody says otherwise, they're probably trying to sell you their own gospel. Why, why is this Bible verse in the Bible? Like, why is this here? Why would somebody like God, like God allow this verse to be in the Bible? If you read Psalm 22, it says some kind of disrespectful things toward God. The Bible is unbelievably realistic. The Bible isn't trying to sugarcoat suffering and abandonment. The psalm teaches us that if our expectations are aligned with truth of Scripture, our sorrows are often cut in half. If our expectations aren't rooted, I'll tell you a story. This is an easier way to put it. Let me, let me put it an easier way. When I first started following Jesus, <laughs> When I, when I first started following Jesus, I thought that because I gave my life to Jesus, everything was supposed to get better and better and better and better. Sure, there'd be some ups and downs, up and down, that was hard. But it, it was supposed to go, it's kind of like, you know, a really good stock. It's like, it's like a really good company. It, it, it's, it should be over, over time going like this. Sure, there'll be some of this, but it should be like this. You guys are laughing. You guys are laughing. That's not funny, okay? I really thought that. Like, I really thought that a life with Jesus would exclude me from trouble from feeling left alone, from, from feeling like I am abandoned. I thought that Jesus plus my faith equaled good life, good vibes, a good aura, peace. No suffering. And then some jerk some mean person, also known as my dad, was preaching a sermon to his church that I happened to be visiting at the time, and he preached from this ridiculous Bible verse in John chapter 15, verse 20, and it says, a servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, this is Jesus talking, they will also persecute you. What the heck? Why did you have to preach that? <laughs> then he uses another verse like these pastor people do. John 16, you will have suffering in this world. And I've heard these Bible verses before, but for some reason, when he was preaching it, it's probably Jesus, when he was preaching it, just it ah, just punched me in the stomach. And I was like, oh, suffering me? No. It's for that other person in the yellow row. Suffering is not for me. Nothing terribly wrong could happen to me. And it seemed like after that sermon, I, I, I almost feel like God was preparing me for legitimate suffering. When, when our expectations 
are misplaced, when our expectations are unrealistic, it sets us up for massive sadness, sets us up for, for, for massive hurt. When you expect that, that you can't be touched and, and nothing's going to happen to you, maybe I'm just preaching to myself, when, when you think that life can't happen to you, cancer can't knock on your door, chronic pain can't hit you, unexpected addictions can't hit you, when you have this mindset of a terrible, terrible car crash that not only crushes you physically, but also financially, like just ruins you. When you, when you think a, a, a recession can't hit you, that unrealistic expectation, that, that false expectation doubles the hurt and the pain. The shout in this, in this verse is that the Bible tells us trouble and pain will come. But you don't have to go through it by yourself. Amen. Number two, suffering and abandonment uncovers relationship. The Bible is un unbelievably realistic, but number two, suffering and, and abandonment uncovers real relationship. There's no better place to learn and experience God than in a terribly tough time. That ain't another one that people shout on. That ain't like a woo, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I like that one. All right. No, that ain't one of those. Suffering and abandonment uncovers real relationships. There's no better place to learn and experience God than in terribly tough Times. When I wrote this down, I had to put all those T's in there just, just for emphasis. And this ain't about you guys. This was just for me. I got to be reminded that times will be terrible. At times, it will be terrible for me. It will be tough. Don't be shocked by it. This isn't having a negative perspective. This is having a realistic perspective. If anybody is trying to sell you a Christianity that is not realistic, that is not the Christianity of the Bible. Point number two, it's coming. But because it's coming, you should be encouraged. And you should have courage because in the darkest times, in the hardest times, when you feel extremely abandoned and extremely alone, those are the sweet moments, suffering, but sweet moments that you can experience God in a real authentic way. I know this isn't popular preaching, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Oftentimes when I have lost everything, when I totally go out on a skinny limb thinking that I am right and it's going to work out for me and I fall on my face or if I don't do anything wrong and life just happens to me, oftentimes those are the moments when all of the calendar, schedule, relationships, everything just disappears and I'm like, God, what the heck? are you doing? 
As a Jesus follower, as someone who's committed their life to Christ, naturally this will point us back to something bigger than ourselves and it will force us to ask the tough questions. And I'm here to encourage you, when you ask those tough questions, there are some good answers for them. But, 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 this, bit, but this might not make you happy. They might not always come so fast. But they're coming. <laughs> so the writer says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is one of those times. Even Job says terrible things to God. Job says, I don't know if you know this guy named Job, but it's this guy in the Bible. It's a real story about a guy in the Bible named Job, and Job has it all. He's got everything. He's got it all. He's got the wife. He's got the kids. He's got the life. He's very wealthy. He's, he's very rich. You can read it. J-O-B. Old Testament, you can Google it, story of Job. He's got it all. Then all of a sudden, this evil, dirty, nasty creature named the devil goes to God and he says, God, this guy really ain't about you. He's got it all. And because he's got it all, he loves you and he prays to you and he talks to you and, he, and, and it's, it's all good. It's all great. He, he's, he's, he's awesome and holy and, and, and positive and good because of what he's got. He's good because of what he's got. But God, if you take it from him, everything will change. God, this is, this is what the devil, this evil, evil devil dude, goes to God and he says, I promise you, if you take everything from this goody, goody, goody Job guy, if you take his house, if you take his family, if you take everything from him, I promise you, he'll curse you. He won't want to fool with you anymore. He will not follow you. He will not commit his life. Satan was asking this question, God, do you think your relationship with Job is transactional? Or is it for real? Is, is it a real authentic relationship? Or is this just something that he's getting out of it? Satan asked a big-time question, and, and that question is a real one, something that we all should consider. Is my relationship with God transactional? I'm going to follow you, Jesus, as long as I get this, 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 and this. But as soon as you take this, 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 and this, nah, man, I'm not fooling with you no more, God. This is not my faith. I'm going to something else. I'm going to that other faith. <laughs> This faith ain't working out for me right now because it was in our con contractual agreement <laughs> that I need these, these 10 things. And if you touch any of these 10 things, Satan is saying to God that he doesn't, Job doesn't worship you. He worships what you give. Mm. Can the devil say that about you? Job was was that, that guy. And so the story goes, because Job was that guy, God says, I'll show you better than I can tell you. And he allows Satan to mess with all of these things, these, this, this list of stuff, the house, the, the, the money, the, the family. 
Job has a, a very tough time. Everything is gone. He's, he's struggling. And, and the entire book of Job is all about Job struggling up and down. Not like this. It's more like this. It's like just struggling. And he's saying things to God that some would read as like, who do you think you're talking to? But if you went through what Job went through and lost everything, and, and if you think about the times that you've been there, maybe yesterday or this past week or this past month, you're like, man, I, I totally agree with Job. God, where are you? There's, a, there's a, a, a phenomenal quote, really, really good quote, and I got I to gotta share this and then we'll get out of here. It says, life will really show you what you're made of when the rubber meets the road. Will you respond, here's a question, in a transactional way? Or will you be interested, focused, dialed in, connected? Will you be after something bigger than yourself? When life hits you, when you feel abandoned, when you feel alone, when you feel like there's no hope, will you go to God or will you rely on how you feel and what you see? The Bible is unbelievably realistic. Suffering and abandonment uncovers real, authentic relationships. Jesus finally had unparalleled rejection. When Jesus went to the cross, he was abandoned in relation to everyone who has ever trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Only Jesus Christ was ever truly abandoned. I'll say it again. When Jesus went to the cross... He was abandoned in relation to every single one that has said, hey, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to commit my life to Jesus. In, re in relation to those people who say, I believe in Jesus, the suffering and the abandonment that Christ went through doesn't compare to anything I can experience. Now, the question is, why can someone make that massive statement? What was so special about the suffering that Jesus experienced? Number one, Jesus' suffering is unparalleled because it was a brutal murder in public with the sin of the world on his shoulders. Number two, it was undeserved. He didn't deserve all of that suffering. Number three, it was transformative. It actually did something for someone bigger than himself, a group of people bigger than him. Jesus' suffering is unparalleled because it was a brutal murder done in public with the weight of the world on his shoulders. No matter what I go through, no matter what kind of suffering I experience, no matter how lonely I feel, no, no, no matter how hard my life is right now, I will never have the weight of sin for all of y'all on my shoulders. And last time I checked, I have not been put on a cross in front of people publicly and mocked at the same time. 
And frankly, I don't know anybody that has. Who was, who was punished like Christ with the weight of the world on his shoulders. Number two, it was undeserved. This is a massive disqualifier because anything I've ever experienced, a lot of it, I probably deserve it. And then finally, if by some chance we get through all of that, even if I go through suffering, nine times out of ten, it's not going to transform the entire world in a moment. Finally, there is an underestimated resurrection in the Bible. What if we live like there's nothing that the resurrection cannot redeem? What if, what if, just, just maybe, let's, let, let's, just, let's just say, what if this idea of Jesus Christ not only being abused, not only being put on the cross, but, but after that, there's this crazy resurrection thing. And what if, what if my life actually looked like I have been a recipient of this resurrected Jesus? I've been a recipient of the benefits of Jesus Christ resurrecting from the grave. I got to tell you, point one, two, and three are great, but it would be a cruel set of points if all we came up here to talk about was there was this dude named Jesus who went through a very tough time. Be happy that you didn't go through what he went through. That'd be a cruel, that'd be a cruel sermon. <laughs> Be happy that you didn't get crucified like Jesus. Be happy. Look at your suffering. It's not like his. But there's more. There's so much more. Because he didn't just suffer. He didn't just, he didn't just get on a cross and take my sin. He didn't, just, he didn't just take credit for my drama, for my mess, and get the punishment of my drama and my mess. But he took it. He died and three days later, he resurrected from the grave. And when Jesus Christ resurrects from the grave, that actually completes it. He not only conquers sin, but he conquers death. And he literally, he literally resurrects, giving me power to go through my own abandonment and suffering. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to hear from Psalm 22. We thank you that Psalm 22 was a huge, huge prophecy pointing to the cross, pointing to what Jesus Christ experienced. I think that is phenomenal because when I am in my moments, when life happens to me, when I'm feeling low and left out, when I'm feeling abandoned, even though the feeling is not gonna magically leave, but I can, I can be lifted in looking at the gospel, the truth of your word, that Jesus Christ understands what it's like to be abandoned. Jesus Christ understands what it's like to be left out. Jesus Christ conquered that 
resurrects from the grave. And one day, even if I'm still in pain right now, one day I will be able to see Jesus. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.